how to introduce someone like Elise Snipes. Um, boy, I don't even know. Come join me. <laughs> I told her I would promise to cue her. She's like, well, where do I have to just be, just, hi. Hey. I actually met you for the first time today in person. Yeah, I know. So strange. Guys, I'm loud today. You hear me? Also, they have your voice filtered through like some, somebody else's voice. I'm, just, I'm totally joking. <laughs> There's the laugh. <laughs> the reason I said that is so they set the volumes because we both have very large laughs. That are gonna, you're you're going to, at some point, you're going to go. I warned them. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it loud, too. Yeah, yeah. That's, you bring your loud laugh. I brought my bowling shoes. You bring your big laugh. <laughs> um, how to introduce someone like Elise. I'm trying to think of when you popped on my awareness radar. It was through Laura, mm -hmm. our very long-term uh, board member and trusted friend. Uh, it, it was probably four or five years ago now, maybe three. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't estimate. It's been at least 30 years, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and when Laura starts to talk about different people and things she's reading and people she's talking to, I pay attention. Yeah. I don't read all of your reading lists, but I read what Laura's reading, and, and I've learned that that's a good, a good way to navigate the minefield. Uh, and so I remember talking to you on the phone early COVID, and then Allison went out and did a weekend with you, which was crazy and weird because we don't get to know because that's what you ladies do when you circle up. Um, and so as I began to look into the summer and consider what it might be like to emerge from what we've just come through, I tried to sort of clear the table a bit and bring in some new voices around what do we get to do now? Yeah. How do we get to shape this now? Um, and yours was that first voice that I wanted to bring in. I don't know why. I just trusted my gut. And so we're going to have an interesting conversation today. And I don't know if you're nervously looking at my notes, but there really isn't anything useful here. I never step in front of you without at least 3,000 words in 10 pages, ever. Yeah. That's my whole week. I'm terrified and excited, and we're going to have a conversation. And so as we set this up, here's what I think uh, is happening right now. It's been happening all week in my heart, but here's what's happening right now. This sermon space that we all gather around is increasingly feeling more and more restrictive to me. Can I say that? Can I, can I confess that? I'm looking for ways to push the tent stakes in either direction to see what else fits here. So I, Allison has asked me faithfully at least once a day all week, how are you doing, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm nervous and I'm excited. I'm nervous because I'm accustomed to the dance of bringing you words. I know how to go get words for you. I know how to try to make them seem really great. I also know that sometimes what, we all, what I need is a conversation, and here's why. I have no idea where we're going next. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. I'm not sure what the questions are, so I have no idea what the answers are. And I'm, so I'm listening to new people and bringing in new voices. And so today we're going to have a conversation because you and I have had a couple of conversations that felt full of um, accessible truth that my body knew to be right. And so Elise Snipes, y'all, why don't you give her a ANC welcome. Hi. Hi. What's it like to be here? Um, it is kind of interesting. I feel like I'm looking out at people looking back. I'm like, whoa, look at this. Like, look at all these real people. You, so you actually are. Yeah. They're actually real. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I came to Texas, this is only my second time, I made the realization that people wear um, cowboy boots as shoes in real life on the street, not on a farm. 
And so that is still sitting, you know, where I'm like, oh, those aren't costumes. Those are, <laughs> those are clothes. Those are actually shoes. Yeah, yeah that's how we do. Yeah. yeah. So I'm assimilating in from <laughs> <laughs> watching, observing. Um, and I think also in the question, what is it like to be here? I still feel like the question I've been learning how to answer is what is it like to be here? Because um, I've been in a lot of churches and um, I've been a pastor's wife and I've been in a lot of places, but I haven't been in here. I've just been here. Mm. I've just shown up in the building. And so this time I'm coming with both myself and so I'm here and I'm here. <laughs> so speaking at churches is not something you do every weekend? <laughs> That's as loud as my laugh will get, Mac. You can just start. <laughs> no, and no. you know, this is what I love about what we get to do today is we really are coming into an unknown. So I'm a therapist by trade, mm -hmm. um, which has been complicated in the past in regards to how the church might or might not welcome um, something that isn't necessarily churchy. Right. right. And yet here we are. Yeah, here we are. So the reason I reach in the direction of, uh, in your direction for this is because I think I've run the churchy thoughts and wisdom out as far as I can get them. And here's where I'm at. I mean, I'm in, you know, I, I exist in concentric circles of pastor type people. And there's a collective terror right now yeah. because for a year people didn't come because they couldn't. And now people aren't coming for some other reason. But look around you, there's not a ton of people here. And so what's being exposed all of a sudden, and this is a lot of the work that I've done with the group that you direct, Radical Wellness Collaborative, what's it, what it has exposed in me is the terror around, am I needed? Yeah. Does this matter? Does this matter? If you're an artist and you have a show at a local gallery and no one shows up, that's pretty easy to interpret. <laughs> right? And so. So the reason I reach for the therapeutic side as support is because I'm not hearing a lot of wisdom from pastoral circles because it feels like a let's get the buildings full again so we can be well again, and I'm not sure that's the future. Totally. I don't think I'm invested in that as the outcome. So if we are a community that is navigating the question of who do we get to be now, what are some thoughts that occur to you related to the autonomy and the freedom of that. It feels like a wide open question. Yeah. How do we, w give us some ideas. Um, okay, so what like <coughs> comes into place for me right away is this isn't the first time we've done this. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's the first time we've had to do this um, in church family, but when we think about the family of, or our family of origin, right? And um, we've already had to do this. Who am I gonna be when I leave the house or when I go to college or when I get married or when I get divorced or when I whatever? Mm -hmm. um, who do I get to be now? And yet there's something that's been pretty static within church family, because it was already set up before we got here. And so our voices or our ideas or our pain or our story hasn't always been um, included because there wasn't always opportunity. Mm. And so this conversation is a conversation rather than a, let me tell you how it's gonna be next, yeah. right? Mm. So, Yeah, it's not that, is it? It's not a, and this is part of, in case this is important for you to know, this is part of what I'm beginning to reject, is this, ex, this expectation 
that somebody has to tell you what to do next. So I've been saying this for a minute, for a couple weeks actually, that you can actually be trusted to know what you need to do next. What am I doing there? I'm trying to give you back to you. Mm-hmm. Y'all, we're emerging not just from a pandemic, we're emerging from a really bummer model in which the algorithm went like this. You show up so that someone can tell you how to think about yourself. There's, a, there's violence in that. That never was okay with you. You trained yourself that that was okay and you accepted that as best you could. Never great for your body, was it? Does that resonate with anyone? This is what I feel like I'm waking up from. And so as I push back and say, let's put all, let's put all 10 fingers on the table, everyone at the table, let's just get everything on the table and let's come up with some better ideas. So here's what it sounds like. And I, I stole this from your podcast. <laughs> the world where you would show up and your staff here, very gracious and grateful and hardworking staff, will tell you how to think about God and the Bible and yourself and family and all the things. That's where we used to live. Yeah. I don't want to live there anymore. Tell us where that idea came from. Yeah, so I have the privilege of getting people's kind of uncut stories um, in my office, also called therapy. Um, and there was this, just this woman who was like kind of right in the midst of moving and she drove to her old house accidentally. You ever done that when you're like autopiloting yourself somewhere and you're like, what am I, I don't, what the, I don't live here anymore. Um, <laughs> and so she was late because of that. And I'm, and she's telling me this as an apology and I'm hearing this as the whole thing. I'm like, Dude, right? Like, California just came out. Um, my dude to your y'all. I know. We need, that's where it's at. We need some depth. Sometimes we got to do, uh, you know, intercultural translation. I had to have her define bitching for me this morning. I wasn't sure if that was positive or negative. So I totally bitching. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure. It turned out it was good. So anyway, carry it's on. Great. Lady, lady came to you and you yeah. saw the whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so that was, that was the whole day was, where else don't you live? Gosh, where else don't you live? Where are we on autopilot? How did you all get here today? Did you know you were coming here? Did you come here on purpose? Have you always been here? Mm. Um, why are you still here? Mm. I mean, there's so many incredible questions that we can ask when we think about where we get to be in total agency as ourselves in complete power without self-eclipsing in a way that doesn't take anything from anyone but just adds to everything. Mm. So about four years ago, I said I'd never go to a building that I wasn't totally welcome in. You're totally welcome here. Or I wouldn't be here. That's agency. <laughs> We're actually twins, by the way. We have similar tattoos, That's and we true. both love black sheep. It's been a s- weird, anyway. Yeah, but you're funny because you jumped out of the car this morning, and you ran and took a picture of the steeple. It's That's the churchiest thing we have. Oh. It's right over there. Other than the T-Rex Jesus cross, which is above me. <laughs> okay. I will say, I was like, I need to make sure I don't sit underneath it, because <laughs> I'm, it could possibly like skewer me like I was a little bit like I'm just gonna say of all ways to die in public with a cross through your brain I'm just saying (laughs) 
Let's call that Netflixable. Anyway, we're, we're in the market for a new series anyway, so it'll be fun to watch, so carry on. But something, so, so you popped out of the car, almost yeah. giddy, running across the, in boots, yeah. by the way, those are boots. Yeah, Don't thank quit you. acting like those aren't shoes, those are boots. Those are boots. Anyway, she runs across, takes pictures of the thing. So the irony of coming back into a building, right. it feels like coming back to a place of hurt so that a place of hurt can become a place of healing. So I think that's the condensed way. I don't, I don't know if that connects with any of you, but can we be honest about the institution of church for a minute? Can we be, can we be this honest and this risky? If you grew up in one of the groups of people who were not made, uh, were not set within arm's reach of the center, mm-hmm. if I'm describing anyone who's not straight, not male, not publicly gifted for speaking in public or able to sing and do things, if you grew up just arms, one arm too far from the center, there's a pretty good chance you internalize some messages around church that just, if you unpack them, I think, I think, I think they stifled as much as they released. Maybe I'm talking to myself. Not seeing a lot of heads, Bob. I could be way out on a limb here. I, wanna, I want us to rethink this. And so I'm listening to Elise as she talks about agency. And I, we talked for a long time on the phone before the last two weeks ago when I talked about this concept of agency. And I can't see it from here, but I can begin to see shadows emerge as if you're sailing up on an island at dawn and you can sort of make out where water and trees separate starting to see the potential and the ideas where you and I could gather under a whole new paradigm. Mm -hmm. Where I get to, this is going to get real, where I get to stop talking about all the shit that hurt and we just get to have this moment because this is all we ever had anyway. And you get to find healing around all the ways the church told you your voice didn't matter or you were to this or you were to that or you weren't ever enough, mm-hmm. and we get to have a different future together based on a moment that we can appreciate and say, I don't know how we got here, but look at us here. Yeah. Those are all your ideas, so welcome to your congregation. <laughs> you know, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, I, I actually, that's kind of what our story is in yeah. that, right? Like, you are a person in church in every way, right? And I'm a person out of church, you know, and yet we are here now, and that's church. Yeah. So Jason and, and your whole story and all the mm. SHIT you just mentioned, right? You're not going to do it, are you? I'm so not. <laughs> I'll come and hop later. <laughs> that's okay. I'll do the honors. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and me and all the things that I've self-applied and my real experiences, all the, all the actual hurt, mm. all the things, right? But we get to choose mm. to be here totally. Yeah. Let's talk about the great shakeout. Um, you call it the great pause, or Chris Tippett called it the great pause, and we just repeat what she says. Um, <laughs> when in doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, that what happens when we have like a calamitous experience um, we can get shook so hard that we either want to come back to the creature comfort of this is the way it's always been, and so I'm really glad that I can come back to what has always been. It feels really good to be back. I'm going back to church. We're coming back to school. There's all, and, I, and I'm hearing this um, past tense language as a return, mm-hmm. as if we could 
possibly forget what this last you know year and a half two years has been mm. how how ungrateful could we be to all of that story if we just go back without thinking about it guys i'm making a lot of air wait noise, i'm so gonna I'm need to have your right earring <laughs> can you just hand me your earring right mac thank you it's actually, it's actually quite nice. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it. I, my guess is that's going to clear up all that extra. See? There it is. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad we didn't keep going. I know. Go ahead. Um, and so we return. Like on one, one side of the polls, right, we return and without thinking. And then on the other side, there's like the other group, which I tend to kind of fall in, which is like the rebellious crew. That's mm -hmm. like... F a bunch of that. I'm out. Like, I'm out. I'm so out. I'm the black. Oh, it's still happening. No, it's okay. Um, so the pot got stirred. Oh, I'm going to stir it up. And so the thing crumbled. School, government, <laughs> the economy, um, health care, um, Christianity in some forms. A lot of things were collapsing this last year. And it gives us an opportunity for the, the rebel-hearted to say, how much further could we take this? Yeah. How yeah. much more needs to die, right? right? And so within that, right, then there can also be a fixation in, in that. I need things to go back because I'll feel safe, and if they go back, then I'll just be okay. Right. And <laughs> someone's like, that's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and everyone else is like, let's blow it up. Let's blow it up. That's me. Right? Yeah. That's me. Right. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's I know. a big surprise that's to you, isn't it? That's us. Yeah, yeah. with us. Yeah. And so then I think we just stop there. And I feel like that is actually the, the most critical error is if we think that that's what's next. Mm. And I think that that is what has been, that sometimes we return and sometimes we rebel, but that there has got to be some form of fusion mm -hmm. when we consider that who I am in agency is not a result of what has been only. Mm. I'm going to put this in the context of families for a second. When I was raised by an alcoholic, I said I would never drink again. Mm. Is that truly Elise? No. That is my dad's story and my rebellion. That is not me in agency. Okay. So I want you to think about that in the context of your own experiences. Where have you decided, I'll just do the opposite of them, the world, I don't know, other types of Christians, <laughs> whatever the story has been. And then that's what I'll do, and I'll say that that's me being an agency. Okay? Rebellion is not agency, and neither is a blind return. Mm -hmm. Agency is the unknown. That's the conversation we're having, which is, I don't know yet, but I'm here now. So is that enough for a community to hang on to? Let's not answer that. Okay. Because we don't know, do we? <laughs> well, we don't get to assign that to anyone else so ever. <laughs> tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, community, right? Mm -hmm. Safety, belonging is self-assignment. If you say, hey, Elise, you belong here, well, now you've told me I have to belong here. No. Well, what if I don't want to belong, or what if I what if I didn't what if I wanted to decide that for myself? Okay, mm. and so when you ask the question, um, is that enough for a community to hang on to? That's actually your question and invitation. Is it enough to you? 
are, is it safe for you? And if not, what do you need? And can you grab that? Because mm -hmm. we're, most of us are adults, besides our cute little scouty unicorn here in the front row. There's like, if we're an adult, then we get to. I don't have to, but I can. What a crazy idea. So to have coffee with a therapist is a terrifying thing. At the that's, same that's time you said, having coffee with a pastor, the two of us there at that coffee shop, people were like, Deadly. Whoop. Yep. <laughs> Deadly. No, it, on a Geiger counter, it was like, To have coffee with a therapist is a series of step in, stepping in it and revealing yourself unwittingly. And I said this morning something that I felt very viscerally, and she says, no, let's, let's rethink that. I said... I think that my work now is to create the kind of safety in our community so that we can negotiate this differently. So that I'm not your answer person and you're not my sensation of meeting your spiritual needs and we don't build that again. And I, my job is to make this safe. And what did you tell me? You don't get to do that. If, if, if you, if hierarchy, if power says, I'm gonna give you safety, what we've just done is said, then I don't trust you to create safety for yourself and I've gone ahead and taken your power from you because you don't know how to create safety for yourself. And that is actually how that relationship was being sustained. And so, I know, I heard some exhales. Yeah, they, did the coin just drop in someone? Oh. We have an old Mexico City joke where the, the distance of an idea from the head to the heart as long as it takes the 20 pesos coin to drop in the public bus because you'd pop it in and it would just go, Ching. I just heard the coin drop in some heads. Let's not rush past that. Yeah. Because this is the nature of my brokenness mm. over function. Mm. I know you. I know you, some of you. I want such good things for you. Mm -hmm. I want the world to stop telling you you're broken or wrong or you don't get to talk you're too angry or you're too this. I, I want good things for you and I have tried to over function and that's the problem for me now with church. There has to be a kind of safety for me to show up and say, I can sit with your journey and not internalize it. And it's because of working with people like you that I can barely see it. Didn't come from any of my back experiences, it's fully forward-looking work at this point. Thank you for going first in that. Like what I, I hear you doing is, hey, this is how I have been. This is who I have been, right? Um, and I don't totally know, but I'm like, I'm here, mm -hmm. and I'm like, nur, 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 trying to grab those little floaty things in the air. But when you shed that layer, there is ironically a safe invitation of, oh, so if I step forward, um, I'm allowed to do that too. I'm allowed to not know. I'm allowed to be uncertain, but be here. Ooh, mm. okay, okay. Yeah. And do that in full disclosure and awareness and understanding of the previous me's that predate this, that did the best they could. 
that like the little Russian nesting dolls buried inside the other Russian nesting doll. They're there. And that will often for me be the invitation to feel real bad about earlier versions. And what I'm learning to do is to say, all of that is, is how I got here. And so here, we're here now. You know, it's almost as if we're finally settling on all the great spiritual truths from all the great spiritual masters and poets who basically ever only said one thing, which is what you only just have right now. That's, that's my tweeted version of all the wisdom of all the ages, and that's, that's still true. You like that? Can we say tweet now? Have we been, are we far enough away from January 2020 to be able to say tweet? We can redeem that word again. Did you get that? You got that? I did get that. Even in California, we get that joke. Isn't that cool? Even in California? What's, what does that say about Californians? Are you guys slow on the uptake or something? I We're not as close to Washington, D.C., you know, so it takes longer for things to get there. So once upon a time, there was a disease that taught us to be very afraid to walk around in public and look at people and say, I don't like you. I'm afraid of you. I hate you because of what you listen to or watch. Once upon a time, there was a disease that isolated us and made us feel alone. Carry, carry on with that. Yeah, that, um, I won't even let you see all of me, and I will not also see all of you. I'll only give you the presentation that we have deemed as acceptable and safe, yeah. but you're a threat to me. Yeah. And once upon a time, that disease made me feel like everyone who doesn't respond the same way is untrustworthy and unsafe. Yeah. And a threat of contamination. Because somehow purity was, was uh, like the only goal, right? And it was the only objective. And it made me, it invited me into ways of being in the world that were mean and judgmental mm. and harsh and angry. Yeah, and rigid and rebellious at the same time. Mm. Rigid when I when I wanted to be and needed to be, um, and that I was doing it right, obviously. That's right. And then also really rebellious, like, yeah. why can't anyone else see it like this? And, and, and also super inconsistent, but <laughs> only around the ways that I wanted to take risks. 100%. See, see totally unwilling. Oh, I could take you back to dinner mm -hmm. talk around the dinner table. If I wanted to make the exception to the expected ways of behaving in this world, I could do it, and you're not supposed to notice, but if you do. How yeah. selfish. Yeah. How rude. How self-serving. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about ways of being in church. Oh, did you think we were talking about COVID? Oh, shoot. Church, right? We were talking about ways of being in church. They're not willing to laugh at this point. I thought they might. They're just crying now or asleep, but it's you see the connection? It's the same thing. It's the same story. It's why I, I got to the building this morning and was like, I'm going to take a picture of the most polarizing thing I could possibly take a picture of, which is a cross. And I've been on both sides of this. I, I was the pastor's wife. I'm still married to my sweet, wonderful husband, but uh, he's no longer a pastor and we're no longer at that church. And, um, and then there was a time before that where I wasn't a Christian at all and I was raised in a home where there was just a ton of chaos. And so... Um, the church was polarizing as an outsider because it showed me where I didn't belong and where I wasn't good enough to be. And then I was an insider. And then I was an outsider. <laughs> okay. And that is still the most polarizing thing to see because for the people, um, 
who still think I don't belong in a place where a cross exists because I've offended their way of being in a building like this, okay? And for the people then who are offended when I'm not in it, right? Because what that means to them. And so we're trying to all orienting around this super polarizing intersection. Mm -hmm. And yet, I'm on the inside today. Yeah, you are. (laughs) And I'm not gonna tell you, you belong here apparently. (laughs) Thank Thank you. If you'd like to. You can belong here. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you hang yeah. out with dietitians, just don't eat in front of them. If you hang out with therapists, just mums the word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I used to bartend, and I was like, this is a way better gig, and people tell me everything, and then as soon as I invite them to my office, they're like... <laughs> I can't say a word. So I'm like, I'll just go back to that. Yeah. Um, or serve alcohol, one or the other. That's I'm great. Not sure. We do that um, in here, too. That's why I don't tell people I'm a pastor in Austin. They say, what do you do? I'm like, anything you want. Right, right. <laughs> I drive. Uh, An Uber. I could, if you like. <laughs> I shuttle people, yeah. children, yeah. I just say I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home. Not like um, I'm taking that from my friend Erin, but she says, not even a stay-at-home mom, not a stay-at-home wife, just a stay-at-home, like a person who stays at home. I'm here for a potluck convention. Potluck convention, I, like that, like that. A gathering of the minds. Yeah. When people say, what was your degree in? I say, my degree, my degree was in the cross-section of sociology, ethics, and ancient literature. They're like, oh, fascinating theology. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually do have a sociology degree. That was my undergrad. There you go. See, I need a different undergrad. I wonder if I can buy one. That way I can just t- call that out. <sighs> okay, so. Can I tell a story about the Uber yes. driver real quick? Uber driver? Mm-hmm. Yes. I got into an Uber while I was here because I... Allison was sweet enough to offer me a vehicle. I'm like, I don't want a vehicle. I'm not responsible for anything while I'm here. I've got three children and a dog when I'm at home, and I have to drive everyone everywhere. And so I'm going to get an Uber. So the first time I got in an Uber, I was sure it was a gimmick. It wasn't real. And that <laughs> I was going to be taken to an off-site location and murdered. Netflix and so again. Yeah, we're back on Netflix. Uh, I was like, and also I was in my, in my town going from my town to another spot in my town. But that is how afraid of it I was. And so get to Austin, I'm no longer afraid, I get on the Uber, and the man asks me, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, do I say stay at home, potluck convention, do I tell him I'm going to actually be at a church? And I decided since I don't live here, I can tell him whatever I wanted. And so I was like, I'm actually going to be at a church on Sunday. <laughs> and so then he, it's Texas, so I kind of figured that was safe, right? God. Yeah. Yeah. It's Austin. It's very not safe. You've confused us with Houston, sweetheart. I did. I did. I did. I was, I, I, but I led with it. I yeah, like, I love it. Whatever. So then he starts talking to me. It, he's also in a red Mercedes. I should also clarify. He's what? Red Mercedes. Red Mercedes. I'm like, I've never been in a red Mercedes. And he is a father of six. And mm. I hope he actually listens to this service. That'd be so cool. But he was talking to me about raising his six children. He's got four kids, one married, three in college. And then he's got two more there in high school. And his, you know, whatever, this, this fifth son asked, Dad, why do you treat me differently than you treat the older kids? And he said, well, I have an agreement with them that as soon as they go to college or they leave the house, that we have a different relationship now. And so you are still in high school. You're still, you're still here under my roof, and I'm your parent, and that's how we function. Um, and they are in a different space and in a different role, and so we have a different agreement, and I have a different uh, way of being with them. And I'm sitting there, and I said, dude, dude, 
that's the whole thing. That's, that's actually what we're talking about on Sunday is that sometimes we have to renegotiate relationships mm. when we age out of relationships that we no longer belong in. And so thanks for being my Uber driver slash guide in this life. Um, <laughs> and then I asked him why he was still driving an Uber because he said he's got three kids in college. So. Right. Second job. What I took from that conversation, though, was uh, he actually took the time to renegotiate the relationships because he wants to have relationships. Mm -hmm. And there was a time where he needed to be a certain way. And now there is a different relationship that he gets to be in, doesn't have to be in, but gets to be in. And I thought that that's kind of was what we've been, you know, dancing with and playing with and sculpting is, um, how old are you? Are you in high school? Are you going to college? What? Where are you? Who's the dad? What's the relationship renegotiation? Um, how does it get to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that mean? Is that terrifying to think that it's not going to be the way it was? Yeah, it is. So, what what might be possible for a little community like ours? What might be what might be available to us if we're brave enough to say, let's grow up together and let's ask different questions. And I'm asking you because I think you actually might know, because I don't. Like, you might actually have some ideas. So, not an exhaustive list, but what might be out there for a little group of ragtag folk like us in Austin, Texas, (laughs) where Ubers are red Mercedes, apparently. No, so that I will come back to you with Rilke, which is just to love the questions themselves. What is possible? Would that could that be the anthem? Did I steal that from somewhere? I think I stole that from Rob Bell. You know, in full disclosure, he <laughs> says that often, right? Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Doesn't he? I think he says it often. I like all my Rob Bell fans, doesn't he? <laughs> but what might be possible for us? Because yeah. I think that I think I'm ready to be pulled on now, not pushed on. And here's what I mean by that. My story in the church is different than yours because I grew up very much in it, very much with the wheel right here. Mm. From earliest age, I had the steering wheel because I was, I had the chops to get people to listen, apparently, and so I grew up with the wheel. So my story is the opposite. Yeah. I've always been inside of it. Um, Mm. And I find that one adolescent response to where I'm at right now is to just want to shove the wheel away just be done with the car, push it off a cliff. And that still is something pushing me into reactivity. And what I think I want to switch now to is something compelling pulling on me, which is a world that we might build Mm -hmm. together, which is a different sort of movement. It's the difference between being pulled versus being pushed. Anybody see the soccer game last night where uh, the Mexican striker was shoved from behind into the goalie and nearly broke his neck? Nobody saw that? Come on, y'all, on a Saturday night, what could there possibly be better to do than watch soccer? Argentina brought it home for the first time in 28 (laughs) years. They beat Brazil. Come on. No one was excited. I don't know any of you. You are all strangers to me. Hey, there you are. There you are. Kathy Kathy was there. Yeah. But you know, bad things happen when shoved from behind. And so my first reactionary, rebellious, self-preserving for Enneagram response is no one's, I'm just going to be super reactionary. And Stan's been telling me for three years, don't let anger build anything in your garden. Anger produces rotten fruit. Be pulled on by something new. And so back to the question, because I'm not going to let you off the hook. You what let me off the hook, what you know? might be possible for us? Yeah. What could pull us now? 
also what I, maybe even what you're doing. So because I wasn't raised in the church, when someone came to save me when I was in high school, because I was the kid that everyone needed to reach out to in high school. Um, it, it, yeah. <laughs> was it the skateboard? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's, um, when I did actually get to church, actually in Mexico. See? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. It, um, I didn't know any of the rules. Mm. So I'll tell you, when someone invited me to church, I didn't know that Jesus was anything other than a swear word. Like I'd never heard the gospel. I had never seen a Bible. I didn't know that Jesus was anything other than something you use in a fight. I had no, I'd never heard the story of God. Wow. And so that's, I want you to understand that contextually because this was like. That's a long way outside. I mean, I was out. Mm. And so then to be kind of thrust into a place to be centered and to not know that there was an Old Testament or New Testament. I didn't know anything. I knew nothing. And so because of that, um, everything was open to me. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit and how I experienced the Holy Spirit in that season was boundless because no one said that, well, actually like this. And this is actually what happens and how you should feel when you worship. And this is actually how you should read the text in the way it should be. There was, I had nothing. And in every most beautiful, most fabulous um, way that I still so carry so deeply within me. It was mm. so beautiful. But that's where the black sheep comes in, mm. is because I didn't know the rules, <laughs> mm. I didn't have any. What that can do to a place where there actually are a lot of rules mm. is it can really upset a balance. Okay? So what is possible or what can be um, I, I really strongly believe we need the voice of the dissenter. We need the, the person who sees it differently. We need the, because the, the black sheep doesn't know they're a black sheep unless everyone tells them they are. Because mm-hmm. they can't see themselves. How would I know? How'd I have known? Yeah. Until they all pointed their fingers. Oh mm-hmm. gosh. So who's not represented here and how essential their voice is? Mm-hmm. Um, I walked all over your sweet little town Mm-hmm. And I saw this beautiful um, art installation, and it said, your essential magnificence, mm-hmm. uh, Y-O-U-R, not Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. And the reason I'm drawing on that is because you could have heard it so many different ways. You are essential magnificence, you know, your essential magnificence, and what happens when we bring an uneclipse, unjellyfishing, version of ourselves. That's another tattoo. Yeah, to our community. Mm -hmm. Um, It's beyond what we could really know. Can I ask you a really risky question? Head up, and I'll decide if I'm going to answer. Okay. Um, Standing, being, uh, representing that center. Yeah. You? I'm 95% paralyzed and 5% interested in figuring out how to help. But right now, I feel stuck in, I've functioned in the mythical space of perpetrator in the church world. Mm. And I don't know how to get unstuck. Mm. What are you suggesting? That there's, because, because one of the potential outcomes of decentering is just to get yourself completely... I mean, I feel this impulse, right? What, is, what could a white straight guy possibly have to say about the church right now? So, so what? Yeah, that, so 
So when I hear that though, I feel like that's you centering in the room rather than you centering in you. Okay. When you're centered here in you, then you're here. But a straight white pastor centers himself in the center. That's the type of centering we want to move away from. Okay. We're going to have to have more coffee. <laughs> yeah, so no one's asking you to be nothing. No, that's not true. <laughs> Did you guys hear Glennon's sister totally straight up correct her yesterday on her podcast? I'm going to correct you. I thought, who is this person? I realized that's Glennon's Doyle's sister. Anyway, yeah. I'm asking me. Mm. Yeah. You yes. felt that. Okay. Because so that's what I learned to do. Was it race? Dude, that's... <laughs> Y'all... That is what? <laughs> Wait, I'm calling bullshit. That's you're pretending now. You to can't pretend. Person. You're a therapist. You only get to be honest. It's, it's the same word. It's the same thing. So you know, dude, y'all, yes. Yeah, it's all the same word. It's word. all the same. Um, I love it. It's an inside job, right? So yeah. the work that you're doing to find your center is also the collective work of ANC. Is our individual responsibility. Okay. Mm. So. Um, when people were asking, oh my gosh, what's it like for you to go back to a church? And it was like, well, I don't know. I've, I've never been to that building and I don't know, but I see wood and I see some bricks and some stained glass, but that's not the church. I'm gonna go see my friend, Allison and Laura and Amy and Jason and Lake. And I'm like, I'm gonna be in a place where there's people and there's church. And so if I'm centered here, then I can be anywhere. And it's not about me because I'm not centering, I'm joining as a full human. So it's not only has the, the model of the church been to eclipse ourselves for the greater good, but then we self-eclipse, right? We internalize that thinking that that is better. If I reduce myself to nothing, then I will be everything. And that is what we really have to get off of. That's the first time you, I'm going to notice something here. <laughs> I'm going to get mad. That's the first time you did this all day. Yeah, mm. that you really mean that, don't you? I and that do mean feels that. hopeful and that feels like a better future than just self erasure. Because the myth, and I've said this before, and if only I could believe it, the myth of self erasure is at the end of erasing yourself, there's anything. Because the only the only thing at the end of erasing yourself is you you've erased yourself. <laughs> there's yeah. no pot at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. There's no gold there. No. And yet this is what nice people do. I mean, this is what the Midwest taught us. Any Midwest survivors? Yeah, it's what it taught us. Self-erase, be nice, go away, mm. and then there's no. And then you. And then what I'm beginning to hear you say, is then then there isn't. Then you, then you're 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 still gone, and I still want to be here for this. Like yeah. this still interests me, miraculously, mm. shockingly. True. This still interests That's me. True. Can't explain why. Tried to quit. <laughs> it still interests me. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't want to have like nihilism, right? Where we just become nothing. Because mm -mm, I hate myself when I do that. You know what happens when I don't show up? I go to sleep with myself and I close my eyes and I'm like, that wasn't kind. You were kind to everyone else. But you weren't yeah. kind to yourself there. That's not good enough anymore. That's not the gospel, is it? How could it be? For those of you watching at home <laughs> who, who just want us to preach the word, Ephesians 1 is the text for today where Paul talks about the, 
plan of God that redeems all things. And as I sat with that this week, you know what those all things are for me? All those previous iterations that were unkind to me and unkind to you. All of those versions are being redeemed. That's the mystery hidden from ages past. In Ephesians 1, Paul addresses a very non-Jewish church, a very Greek and progressive church, and he says this mysterious witness of God has been buried in this people, but it rises as things rise from the soil to bear witness to this mystery. You want to know the secret? Here it is. It's all being redeemed. Translation, there's no shame left. part of our story. Mm-hmm. But we're here. Watch us rise. Look at us. Look, look around you. Look at us. <laughs> think of it, Don. Think of the things we've come through. Mm. Clyde, think of the things you've seen. Think of the times we've found just the tiniest little spark to say, I'm going to continue to hope. Think of it. This moment is miraculous. And now you know why I call Elise. <laughs> And why? She's here with us today. I wonder if you heard the gospel today. Robin, did you hear the gospel today? I'm looking at you back there. I know so many of your names, it's frightening. I wonder if you heard the gospel today. Your body knows when you're in the presence of it, it responds in certain ways, and whether or not it begins here and ends here or starts here and eventually reconfigures how you do this in the world. Either way, all of you in proximity to truth just gives birth to new life. It does what our crepe myrtles are doing right now, which is that they're exploding in bloom after nearly dying. It does what our cactuses are doing. They were dead. They turned to pulp. They smelled like a rotten carcass, and they're coming to life all (laughs) over Austin, right? You can respond in the presence of this kind of hope and and be part of a new storying of a ragtag group of people in South Austin. And that's my hope for you, for me, for us. I don't know how or why weaving your voice in here seemed important and right, but it feels right. And so thank you. Um, Anything else? Anything left unsaid? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Tricky this one. (laughs) The force is strong with this one. She's just, she's like a weevil wobble. You cannot, she's just like boing, come back up. If you know what that is, then you grew up in the 80s. I'm sorry. You didn't have a cell phone until you got to college like the rest of us. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you.